Morning, everybody. Good to see you. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, things are, just things are changing again on the ground, right? All the time. Um, just want you guys to know, I, as I sat and just listened to the deacons discussing what to do uh, with the county and some people asking us to take part in the mask thing, um, just, I think there was a spirit of Romans 13, which we studied like a month ago, that we, um, as, a, as a body, we want to be, we want to submit to the government, we want to submit to things that they ask of us, and if they were ask us to do something that the scripture is clear, that we should or shouldn't do, then we will draw a line there, but we're just trying to be respectful of them, and really guard health. I mean, holidays are coming, right? So, we don't want your families to have to miss somebody coming um, so in everything, we follow Jesus, right? In, in our response and the way we treat each other, the way we respond is the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, faithfulness, self-control, all of those things. We, we respond in all things with agape love. So appreciate this body. You, you guys, have I think, have been so kind and generous through all of this, and uh, leading in these times is not easy, and you guys have been great. So... All right, uh, quick thing. I had mentioned this last week. I want to say a little bit more. We are planning on as a body, we want to read through the New Testament next year in a year. Um, we have some special New Testaments that we would uh, like to ask you or challenge you to use. I'm going to show you what that looks like next week. And I wanted to say a little bit more about this. We don't just want to... So not only are we going to read through as a body the New Testament, but the preaching is going to follow that reading. So each week the sermon will come out of what was read the week before. Um, and we really, here's my challenge to you. I really want to challenge you to be thinking. We've got about two months because January 4th is the first Monday where we're going to start to be thinking of somebody, at least one person, perhaps two that you can be reading the New Testament with, um, as a form of accountability, um, accountability, sharing what you're learning, making sure that you're applying the word of God. I'm going to have a group up here this next week who's been doing that and just sharing how much God has powerfully worked in them through this year and reading through the New Testament. Here's the reason actually I'm saying that, because, uh, because of February 7th. I don't remember where I've read this, but there's a name for, the, for this date and out in the industry that on February 7th is generally when sales at fast food restaurants dramatically increase and attendance at like workout places like Genesis starts to decrease. Because, I mean, you, you know what that is. That's a little over a month into of having made resolutions and then they stop. We know what it's like, even me, I mean, not even me, <laughs> when I try to do something alone and by myself, it rarely will get done, right? But if I will invite a friend into it with me, then I'll do it. And so we want you to be thinking about if there is some guy, if for guys, you know, guy, if you could be thinking if there's a guy or two in this body that you can invite into doing that. You're meeting once a week, talking through the reading. Ladies doing the same thing. So just want you to be thinking about that. And we're very excited about doing that New Testament thing. So we're continuing our series called Entrusted, um, which is about stewardship. Um, last week we did time. This week we're going to do talent. You know, Lisa made these awesome postcards, took my thoughts and made them beautiful. And if you don't have one of these, they're still at the back, the information desk. We'd love for you to have one as a bookmark in your Bible just to remind you and remind me that I am a steward of all that I am. Um, so today, I want to, uh, we're going to talk about talents. And specifically, when we talk about talents, um, we could talk about two things. 
We could talk about the skills and the aptitudes, the abilities that are given to me by God at birth, at my physical birth, things that I'm just good at. We could also talk about, under that, the spiritual gifts or the, com- the combination of gifts that God has given me, His Spirit has given me at my spiritual birth. We could talk about both of those. I intend to do a sermon series on both because the, the one related to skills and aptitudes relates a lot to do with my vocation and how do I live my faith out in the, the real world. In fact, just this week, had a very good conversation at Starbucks with somebody who was wrestling with how do I... How do I apply my abilities in my vocation and my calling to impact people? It was a three-napkin day at Starbucks. When I start drawing diagrams on napkins, that's a good day for me. I don't know about the other person, but for me, it's a good day. Uh, or, and I'm going to attend, I want to do a series on that because I want people to really know how to do that. And then spiritual gifts, we're going to do a full series at some point on that. But today, I want to hone in on the spiritual gift one, if that's okay. When I'm talking about talents, that's the one I specifically want to speak to today. So with that in mind, I would like to do these six principles modified um, related to talent. So here we go. Principle number one, my talent, my spiritual gift specifically, my talent is from God and it belongs to God. Principle two, my talent, my spiritual gifts, they are a good gift from God's good hand. Principle three, therefore I am a steward of my talent, of my spiritual gifts. And number four, as a steward, I should use my talent, my spiritual gifts in a responsible manner, faithfully administering them for his purposes and his glory. And number five, I am accountable to God for the ways in which I steward my talent, specifically today, my spiritual gifts. And finally, it's only right that I gladly return a portion of my talent to God and to his work out of gratitude for all that he has done for me. And the definition of a steward that we've been using Adapted for today, a steward is a person who's been entrusted with their talent, their spiritual gifts, and given the responsibility to manage that talent, to manage those gifts according to the owner's vision, values, and desires. And so a good steward, good stewardship then is the careful and responsible management of the gifts, the spiritual gifts that God has entrusted to me. So with that in mind, I would like to, um, I'd like to look at the scripture that we're going to do. Today I have chosen four texts. They're not complete. I mean, there's, I had to, to condense it for the things that really stood out to me. So uh, you can read. I encourage you to read these four texts in their totality later. They're just powerful. But if you would stand, I would like to read the scripture that's on the printed page. You don't have to read with me. You can just listen as, um, as we uh, look at this scripture. So I'm going to start with 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, which to me is the key passage in Scripture related to stewarding my talents. And here's what Paul says there. It says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, the power forever and ever. Amen. In Romans chapter 12, verses 4 to 6, this is what Paul writes. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul 
continues with this theme. He says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit who distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Now you are the body of Christ, 12th Avenue, and each one of you is a part of it. And then Ephesians 4, Paul says, however, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ to do his work, uh, and good work back there, (laughs) to do his work, and to build up the church of the body of Christ. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Hey, this is the word of the Lord. And you may be seated. So, thinking about a definition, um, I liked looking at these passages. I took a definition that Tim Keller had and I adapted it. Some things that I really thought were key in here that I saw. And here's the definition um, that I came up with that's on the sheet that a spiritual gift is a divine enablement. Or it's an ability that's an ability that is given by God to each and every believer in the body for the purpose of serving Jesus' bride. Here it is, Jesus' bride. And enriching her by building her up and helping her to grow. So that's the definition we're going to work with. So what I want to do is I want to take the main components of that definition. I want to show you where they are found in this text. I love marking up a biblical text drawing circles and lines and underlining, and I did a lot of that this week, and I want to ask you to join me in this text doing this. So here's, we start with that they are divine abilities, and I have left out the parts in these texts that list the gifts of the Spirit. They are in 1 Peter 4, in, in Romans 12, they're in 1 Corinthians 12, and they're in Ephesians 4. I encourage you to read those texts in fullness so you can see the list of those gifts. But anyways, they're divine abilities that are given by God. And so what I want to do is I want to encourage you, we're going to look at this text, and I, want, I went and put stars above every word I saw, like give or giving, something related to that. And so I want to take a minute, and let's do that together. So in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, three times I start a word related to giving. Each of you should use whatever gift, put a star above that. You have received, that is a gift word, because you received a gift. So you've received, serve others, as faithful stewards of God's Grace, put a star above grace, because grace is a gift word. In the Greek, it's actually the same root word. In Romans, in verse 6, again, we see three times a giving word in verse 6. Paul says, in his grace, put a star above that. Again, a giving word. God has given, obviously a star goes there, us different gifts. So you put a star above that one. Three times in Romans 12. You get to 1 Corinthians 12, and again, multiple occurrences of this. In verse 1, he says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, so put a star above that one. 
Look at verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. Down in verse 7, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. There's another give word, so put a star there, for the common good. In verse 11, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes. That is a giving word. He distributes. Santa distributes gifts every Christmas, right? So that's a giving word. If you go to Ephesians, there's actually three in here. I forgot to make one red. However, he has given, that should be, that one takes a star right there. He's given each of us a special gift, put a star above that, through the generosity, there's another star, of Christ. Thirteen times, Paul uses a word related to giving in these texts. So, a spiritual gift, is a, it's a divine ability, given by God as a gift. And it's given to each and every believer. I couldn't believe how many times I saw like this concept of each occurring in this text. So, can we go through this again? This time I'd like you to circle all these occurrences. In 1 Peter 4.10, the first three words, each of you, draw a circle around that, should use whatever gift you've received. If we go to Romans 12, verse 4, just as our bodies have many parts and circle that, each part, draw a circle around those words. Each part has a special function. Man, 1 Corinthians is loaded with them. If you look at uh, verse 6, there are different kinds of working, and in all of them, draw a circle around that, in all of them, and in everyone, in everyone, draw a circle around in everyone is the same God at work. Verse 7, now to each, there's that to each again. I circled that. In verse 11, just two lines below that to each, you'll see another to each that I circled. If you get down um, to verse 16, right? 18, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them. Circle that, every one of them. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. In Ephesians 4, verse 7, however, he has given each one of us, circle that, a special gift. Verse 12, to do his work to build up, uh, or verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part. So circle that one. Ten times that concept of each having a gift is in these texts. So God gives us divine abilities. They're given by him to each believer, each believer, every one of us, to serve the body, to serve the bride. Let me just say something about that. If you tell me you love me and you care about me and you want to serve me, but if you don't serve my bride, my wife, I don't buy it. Does that make sense? If you want to tell me you love me, but you won't treat my children with respect or love or serve them, I don't, I don't really buy that. Because to love and serve me is to serve and love my family. And I think it's the same way with Jesus. We serve the bride. So let's look at how many times this idea of service pops up in here. So 1 Peter 4. I mean, it's in the verse, first, first verse in verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you receive to serve others. This one gets a box. We're going to put boxes around the serving ones. In Romans 12, verse 4, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has put a box around a special function, a special function. And in verse 6 of Romans 12, in His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Put a box around that. They're given to us 
to do things well. We see this concept in 1 Corinthians. Uh, Verse 5, there are different kinds of, put a box around the word service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, put a box around working. And then when you get to Ephesians, to verse 12, um, it, you know, it ends verse 7. He's given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ to do his work. So put a box around that, to do his work. You go down in verse 16, as each part does its own special work. Put a box around that. Seven times in these texts, the idea of a gift is given to me by God, to each of us, to serve the body. Not only to serve the body, but to serve it for, a, for, an, for impact, so that the body, that the bride of Christ is built up and grows. So let's look uh, at that idea of impact. Several things I want you to underline. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Underline that. We're going to underline impact words. I'm given a gift to serve for the common good of the body. Go to Ephesians, verse 12. We're given a gift by Christ to do His work. And, so I'm going to underline this phrase, to, and build up the church, the body of Christ. Build up the church, the body of Christ. In verse 16, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it And then I'm going to underline the rest of this verse. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. In Ephesians, I really want you to double underline. They just jumped out at me, the impact we're to have. Built up. Double underline that. Double underline the end of the verse. Grow. Double underline so that the body's healthy. Underline healthy. Double underline healthy. Double underline growing. Healthy and, gr- healthy and growing. And double line, underline full of love. This is the impact that my gifts are to have. Five times Paul talks about impact. I want to have you do one more thing. I want you to put brackets around the parts of the text, these texts that talk about being one body with many parts. Because it's a really important concept. To Paul especially. So if we look at Romans 12, I want you to put a bracket around verses 4 to 5. Put a bracket around that. Let me read. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In 1 Corinthians, put brackets around starting with verse 12 to the end, verse 27. Here's what Paul says, just as a body, the one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Now you, 12th, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Body, 12 times in these texts. One body. Parts, 11. The word one, nine times. Do you see God's emphasis on 12th Avenue as one body made up of a variety of diverse parts, each and every part doing its work of service to enrich the body? 
That's his intent. Before moving on, I want you to underline, there's a, there's a word and a phrase that really jumped out at me. The word is in um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. I really was intrigued by that, and I'm going to come back to that. Perfectly. His intent, the way he has gifted this body is if it all fit together, he'd be like, you know, Mwah, that's perfect. Okay? That's his intent. And then the other phrase that caught my attention is Romans 12 at the end of verse 5, where it says, we are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. I don't know, put stars, circle, something, do everything with that one. We all belong to each other. Do you realize how profoundly countercultural that is in our culture? We live in an individualistic culture, I'm Samuel, where you do your thing and I do mine, and you can't tell me what to do and I can't, right? We're just all a bunch of individuals who can't who don't belong to each other, but Christ says, no, we are in a body and we all belong to each other. So if I were to summarize what Paul's saying about spiritual gifts and what Peter is, I would say this, we steward our talent for God by putting our spiritual gifts to work in the family of God for the kingdom of God. We steward our gifts by putting them to work for the family of God in the family of God for the kingdom of God. So, that brings me to the big question. In Exodus 4, there's a really intriguing sub little conversation that God has with Moses as he's calling him to, to set the, his people free. And in the middle of that conversation at the burning bush, the Lord asked him, Moses, what's in your hand? He said, a shepherd's staff. And God said, I want you to throw it down. Offer it to me. So we threw it down, and it turned into a snake. A snake. Steak. <laughs> I was looking at Warren. We had a great steak the other night, so it turned into a snake, uh, not a steak. And all through that account, multiple times in miracles, God used the gift in his hand to perform those miracles. To me, um, it's another way of the thing that Rick Warren talks about, where he says, God will ask us two questions. We'll see. But the first question is, what did you do with my son, which is about salvation? But the second question is, is what did you do with the talent I gave you? What did you do with what I put in your hand? Did you steward it well for me? That staff, it represented Moses' giftedness as a shepherd. It was the tool he masterfully used to guide, care for, and protect his sheep. So my question to each of us, to me, to you, is what's in your hand? What spiritual gift has God put in your hand? What do you possess? If you say, I don't know, I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. Okay, a few quick things about spiritual gifts that are on the back of this sheet. Number one, I mean, these, this thing, that our spiritual gifts are to be, they're to be discovered. And again, I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. They're to be deployed, and they're to be developed in the body. Discovered, deployed, and developed. Regarding deployed, Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.14, do not neglect, do not neglect your gift which was given to you. And regarding developed, Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.6, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. Not only put it into practice, work at it. Learn, pray, ask, get better at using that spiritual gift. So if we're to discover, deploy, and develop them, 
then what are the ways we missteward our gifts? And I find there's two, and I've got to continue them. Two ways we missteward our gifts. We either abuse them or we disuse them. We abuse them or we disuse them. I think we all know or have heard of churches or individuals that in our estimation, and you know, we need to be careful with that, but, but abuse spiritual gifts, especially the spectacular ones, the very showy ones, right? It's easy as a human to, to, to abuse those things. But we can also abuse spiritual gifts, I think, by focusing on the gift to the neglect of the fruit of the Spirit. And Paul would say the fruit of the Spirit is always primary. Both are important, but my gifts are, are guided by the fruit of the Spirit, that we use those things for our own self-aggrandizement or whatever. Um, but I really think the main way we misuse spiritual gifts, most believers, is by far the second, that we disuse them. We fail to get in the game. We choose to be a spiritual consumer and a spectator rather than... Um, uh, somebody who, who gets involved, never using our gifts to bless and to grow this body. We simply take it all in and we enjoy it every Sunday. Um, enjoy the service and the hard work of others in the body, but we never kick in ourselves and we never do our part. We're happy to have people serving and teaching children in the two buildings to the north of us. We're glad to have seats to sit in when we show up every week. We're happy um, for those who serve the body with musical gifts. We're glad for those who provide activities for our youth, all the while never using our own gifts in service of the body. And, you know, th this, this is the word of God that's printed here. And so I'm just, I'm just the deliverer of the mailman, but I would say this. I think I can say with confidence, standing on Scripture, the 12th, this ought not to be so. It ought not to be so. So I'm curious, where are you on this continuum? If you were to put a mark on here, where would you, where would you put yourself? Matthew 10, 18, Jesus says, freely you've received, freely give. That's at the heart of stewardship, which brings me to what may be the most important point to me and something I've been wanting to say for three weeks, two weeks now, and I'm finally getting to it, that, that really stewardship is all about the gospel. It's all about the gospel. At the heart of the gospel, this is a diagram we've used before of a gospel-centered life. We're not going to focus on that too much, but at the heart of the gospel is service. At the heart of the gospel is service. God is a God of service. Jesus, the embodiment of God, lived a life of service. Mark 10, 45, Jesus said, the Son of Man, he, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. In Philippians 2, where Paul talks about Jesus and how we shouldn't look to our own interests, we should have the same mindset as Christ is how this ends. Here's what he says, Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, he did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a what? Of a servant, being found in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Service is at the core, the heart of the gospel. The service and the cross of Jesus are inextricably linked. You cannot tear Jesus and the cross and service apart. They go together. And so therefore... Um, therefore, 
the heart of discipleship to Jesus is service. If the heart of the gospel is service, then the heart of discipleship to Jesus is service. That's why Paul, I mean, Jesus in Matthew 20, 26 says, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. In Galatians 5, 13, Paul says, serve one another humbly in love. First Peter, the text, one of, to me, the core text on this, 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You see, the gospel by its very nature creates stewards, by its very nature. The gospel is intended to transform more than just your relationship to God. It's to transform your relationship with everything, to everyone and with everything. A person who has genuinely met Jesus in a saving way, naturally, with the Holy Spirit in them, will begin looking for ways to use their time, their talent, their treasure in service of the gospel. Showing the value that that person places on the gospel and the fact that they treasure the gospel above all else. You probably don't remember this, but last year in the series on the disciples' rhythm, I had said we're not just saved from something, from our sin, from judgment. We're saved for something, for serving in the kingdom, serving his body. Once we realize how generous God has been to us, we respond with gratitude by stewarding our time, our treasure, our talents to the fullest potential. Because the cross has my heart, right? Has my heart. I'm gripped by the fact that he left the stands. He put on a uniform. He got dirty. He lived. He died for my sin. And because of that, I am willing to give all to the one who gave all for me. The gospel makes us stewards. Because Jesus served me in such a radical way, I am willing to serve him and his bride in the same way. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.16, one of my favorite passages, the love of Christ is what compels me. The gospel is what compels me to serve. Okay, let's do this identifying and then some questions. Uh, and just quickly, um, how do I find my gift? It's really interesting. A lot of scholars note that the Bible does not offer a process to discover gifts. Perhaps for good reason. I'm going to get into it in just a second. Tim Keller suggested three things we can use in discerning. I like his three words. He says ability, figuring out what's my gift, affinity, what's the thing I'm passionate about? Is it serving children? Is it youth? Whatever. And then opportunity. What's the need? And I put a star on the notes page by opportunity, and it's in red on here for a reason. Because Maybe the reason Paul, the Bible doesn't give us a, a spiritual gift test in the Bible is because the best way to discover your gift is the last one. It's opportunity. It is find a place of service that's open, a need that needs to be, di- that needs to be done, and just step in and do something. In other words, find a place in the church, something that needs to be done, and just serve. Plug a gap. Fill a hole. Help out. Go through a door of opportunity, doing what needs to be done, And then as time goes on, you start to get a sense, this really isn't what I'm gifted to do, or I think I'm in the right area, but I need to shift to a little different thing. So just simply put yourself at at God's disposal. And I think when you do that, when you focus more on opportunity, you will find God using you taking that initiative to help lead you to the way he's created you to serve. 
It's kind of like your first year in Little League Baseball, right? Everybody gets out there, new coach, new players. Nobody knows who fits well, but you just go out and play a position, right? And you play another position, another position, and through that, you kind of figure out where you fit on the team. As Teddy Roosevelt says, do what you can with what you have where you are. I like that. Do what you can with what you have where you are. So let me wrap up. Just, yeah. Bill Hybels, I, I like this, sorry. Bill Hybels says, just jump in the pool. Just get in the game. Uh, that's kind of a big dude, isn't it? <laughs> jump in the pool, you swim around a little, and you'll get a better idea of where you fit in the pool, and then you can go jump in some, you know, into a little better area. So that's all, just a challenge to get in the game. So let me read 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11, to me the core passage again. Each, each should you, of you, should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ, and to him be the glory. May he be famous. That's my, multi, my mo, gospel motivation. May he be famous. The glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. God gave us spiritual gifts, each of us, in order to serve the body, his bride, so we can make an impact on the world. He has placed a spe- sacred trust in you, in me, so that you can accomplish a sacred task for him, one only you can do. For every believer this morning, the question is not, will I serve using my gifts and use my gifts, but the question is, where will I serve and use my gifts? That's the appropriate question. We're all created to make an impact. We have an inner hunger put in there by God to make an impact, so let's, let's do that. So I want to end with questions, like I always do. Um, am I stewarding my talent my spiritual gifts in a way that's pleasing to God that would get a well done, my good and faithful servant. When it comes to this body and my gifts, am I a spectator or a servant? Am I currently serving somewhere in this body? If I'm not serving in this body, what are my main reasons or excuses? Maybe it's a fear of failure, that it's not going to be good enough. Fear I won't fit in. Fear that it, it just won't matter. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, there are no small gifts, that it all matters. Could be I'm too busy. That's a time one. And if that's your excuse, I want to say something I could have said last week in relation to time that I learned through many years of ministry with international students. That when somebody says to me, I'm too busy, it is never a matter of time. It's a matter of priority. It's never a matter of time. It's a matter of priority because what's your priority gets your time. Each week I've ended with the words of William James who said the greatest use of a life is to spend it on something the while it lasted. And remember last week I mentioned in Acts 13, 36 where it says that when David had served his purpose, God's purpose, in his generation he fell asleep. When he had served God's purpose in his generation then he fell asleep. Of Jesus and John 1930, 
on the cross when Jesus can say it is finished. He had done everything God asked him to do. Chadwick Bozeman, who recently died, Christian actor, followed Jesus, who portrayed Jackie Robinson in Marvel's The Black Panther. He said this not too long ago. When I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say, I used everything you gave me. Isn't that powerful? That stands in stark contrast to Benjamin Martin in the excellent movie, The Patriot, when his sister-in-law said to him, you've done nothing for which to be ashamed. And to which he responded, I have done nothing. And for that, I am ashamed. Let us be like David, like Jesus, like Chadwick. All right, 12. This body, God designed it to run perfectly with all gifts being used so that it would run on all four cylinders. I think we've all seen a vehicle not running on all cylinders, right? It misfires, it loses power, it can't accelerate correctly. Rough idle, it's not a smooth ride. Now, what I'm going to say, I'm saying with an understanding that there are people who are legitimately at home, okay, online, legitimately at home for the sake of health, the health of a loved one. So please take this as intended and as God intends. But people at 12, we need you. About six weeks back, our cat, uh, 15 and a half years, got a puncture wound. Um, in her left front leg. Ended up having to put her down several weeks later because of it. But for a little over two weeks, she limped around our house on three legs. And I want to tell you, it was obvious that that's not how she was intended, her body was intended to function. It was very obvious. It affected everything. It affected her ability to walk, her ability to climb stairs, her ability to jump, her ability to quickly come to the food bowl when I called. It was not pretty to watch. And it was clear that her body was not functioning as designed. And it was only missing one part. Just one part. Just one part. I'll be honest. Uh, about 60 of us, percent of us, 60% of us are here on a weekly basis, give and take. But spiritual gift-wise, gift we're operating at less than 50%. Perhaps even, I don't know, but less than 50% right now. I just want you to imagine you trying to function with only 50% of your body working. Try getting out of bed, taking a shower, going to work, driving a vehicle, taking a walk with only 50% of your body working. Edward Everett Hale said, I am only one, but I am one. I can do everything. I can't do everything, sorry. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. And what I can do, that I ought to do, what I ought to do. I shall do. So this morning, 12th, we want to give you an opportunity to the members of the body here to faithfully steward their spiritual gifts. Um, on the chairs is a card, right? A piece of paper. On home, it's online. You can even get online here for the young people who are, you know, who are into doing stuff on their phone. I know there are people in here, as I look, there are people who are serving and using their gift in the body, and for that we're grateful. But there are people who haven't gotten in the game and are still just spectators. And this is a list of the main areas of places that the body can be served. And in red, we put ones that are kind of in emergency situation right now, our chair team. 
the life safety team, missions, the tech team, people working in the back, ushers, welcome ministry are all really struggling. People, just a small group that are getting burnt out after seven months of just pushing hard all by themselves. And this is a, we just want to give you a chance to respond to this and to say, I can serve in one of these areas. Um, I'm going to give you a minute just to check that. Don't forget, some of you can serve from home. John and Carol Schaefer, they're currently doing a marriage group online. Bless you guys for using your gifts from home. Some of you at home may be like, I can't come in now, but when I come back, this is a way that I can serve. So just, we want you online here to take a chance to, um, to do that. And I know sometimes I can come across in a way that's like, feels like guilt or intense. That's not my intent at all. Um, this is not out of guilt. This is really from the gospel. This is really from the gospel. Martin Lloyd-Jones said one time that, that there were two roommates and one of them came home and the other one said, hey, while you were gone, uh, a letter came and I want you to know I paid the bill for you. Or I paid for you. And he said, your response just depends on what was paid. He said, if all you did is you just paid the 20 cents for the extra postage, you just, you just give a fist bump and say thanks, right? But if they find out it was the $8,000 you owned on your car to finish paying it off and they wrote a check for that, would, you, would your response be greater than just a fist bump? Would you just not say like, thank you? How can I serve you, right? That's, it's not guilt, okay? It's about the gospel because Jesus gave everything. So take a minute, fill this out, and we're going to close in prayer. if you did that, felt led, even if like you're a college student, you're like, I'm gone in a week, but if you're back in two months, there's still a way you can step in. So you can put these in the baskets on the way back. There's one in the middle. There's one, I think, out by that door if you would do that. Uh, trust me, this series wasn't set up for this reason. Like, this is just the way we can do this. Actually, last December, I was going to do the stewardship series in May, having no idea COVID was going to come and disrupt that whole thing. So could you stand with me? I'd like us to close in prayer. The prayer we've been using this whole series, the, the commitment that Thomas McClellan made to God. And would you read this, pray this with me from the heart? So, O oh God of heaven, record it in the book of thy remembrances, that from henceforth I am thine forever. I renounce all former lords that have had dominion over me, and I consecrate all that I am and all that I have, faculties of my mind, the members of my body, my worldly possessions, my time, and my influence over others, all to be used entirely for thy glory and resolutely employed in obedience to thy commands as long as thou continuest me in life. And as always, we pray that, God's people, in the name of Jesus, and we say to that prayer, amen. So every week we send you. This week I want to send you if you're not serving, put this in the back. 
get in the game, let's serve the body to impact the kingdom. But we're leaving the doors, so, I mean, we're leaving this room, right? So uh, let us be serving because we're all sent, right, to the world. So you're dismissed.